0: The moment you toss your graduation cap in the air, life changes in so many ways. As a new college graduate, you may be met with exciting opportunities, new challenges, new frustrations and stresses, and lots of surprises along the way. Hi, I'm Grace Sun, and I'm the Director of Alumni Programs here at QuestBridge. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to our third season of The Quest Continues, a podcast where we dive into the stories and experiences of our many QuestBridge alumni. I've always been interested in how people have forged their own paths, and in particular, how our QuestBridge alumni, many of whom are first-generation, low-income college graduates, have navigated a broad range of life experiences. By focusing on conversations about finding communities of belonging while in grad school to navigating imposter syndrome in the workplace, to building impactful and meaningful relationships that could support your career trajectory. We are hoping that this new season of The Quest Continues will bring to light many topics that resonate with this community. I'm pleased to be joined by our hosts for this season, Jamile Jean Leger, a 2017 graduate of Northwestern University, and Saxon Bryant, a 2021 graduate of the University of Pennsylvania. Le and Saxon are QuestBridge alums themselves, who interviewed fellow alumni about a range of these topics. For our first episode, I'm excited to turn the microphone over to host Le Jean Leger and our guest Helen Yu, a 2015 graduate of the University of Southern California, who discussed how Helen prioritized mental health and well-being during college and in the years following her graduation from USC. We hope you enjoy today's episode.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Jami Le, your host for today's episode. Today, we'll be talking about prioritizing mental health and wellness. As we enter different stages of our lives, we may face challenges that impact our mental health and well-being. It can be difficult to balance it all. For many questions, these challenges may feel especially present as we try to maintain our well-being alongside new experiences and responsibilities. Our guest today is Helen Yu a QB alum who graduated from USC in 2015. How are you doing today, Helen?
2: Good, happy to be here.
1: Awesome. Um, Well, before we discuss um, our topic, which is really centered around mental health and well-being, can you just give us a bit of um, a level set and some background around your college experience and your professional path thus far? So I know that you're in physical therapy, would love to know more about your story and what drew you to that career.
2: Of course. So um, I'm Helen. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, My parents are two Chinese immigrants. I'm born and raised there. Um, I knew I wanted to go into physical therapy in high school. So as I was researching colleges, I came across QuestBridge because there was a great program at USC. I'm so happy I was able to get in. And um, at USC, I had a lot of great pre-physical therapy programs. I always loved the the combination of science and just being able to help people with your knowledge. When I would shadow at physical therapy clinics, I thought it was so strange that everyone was so happy to be there, even though they were injured. And it's, I thought that was so funny. And I thought, wow, like to really be able to impact people and make them happy despite being in such a hard part of their life. I wanted to be a part of that more. So I went to USC, had a great experience. I'm sure we'll dig into that a little bit more today. Um, But I decided to go to physical therapy school after. I wanted to go back to the East Coast. So I went to PT school in Boston at MGH Institute, had a great time in Boston. And then from there, I continued to travel. I did um, residency in Philadelphia at UPenn. And now we're living up in Allentown, which is about maybe an hour north of Philly. My fiance, who I met at USC, he's doing his surgery uh, residency here. So we're gonna be here for a few years.
1: Thanks for sharing that, Helen, I'm a fellow east coaster from Jersey. Um, so would love to actually dive a bit more into some of that background, because as a QB scholar, I imagine you may have faced some challenges selling into college so far from home. I mean, Brooklyn to, to Cali is, is quite a change. How did the transition to college impact your mental health and well-being? And did you adopt any habits to help you cope?
2: That's a, a great question. I... When I got into USC, I thought I'm from New York. You know, I come from the most diverse city in the world. Uh, if I can be, if I can, you know, handle New York City, I can go anywhere. And I thought, oh, Los Angeles, you know, it's another city. It'll be fine. It's the same thing. Um, little that I know is very different. <laughs> um, I, you know, you're dropping a 17 year old Brooklyn girl into Los Angeles, a city of, I would say, it's more of many suburbs put together into a big city. You, everyone has to drive everywhere. The public transportation isn't the same as New York City. Um, it's much harder to get around, and just everyone. There's a bit of a culture shock in Los Angeles compared to the East Coast. I feel like maybe I just walk a little faster, talk a little faster, and they definitely could tell I was out of place when I was at USC. And I just felt that oh, I'm different here, not in a bad way, but you just felt like you were a little of an outsider. So ironically, I didn't expect a culture shock just going to a different city for school. So that was something to adapt to at the start. It was not only strange to go so far away for school. Now I was, the, uh, now I felt like I was an outsider there as well. So mentally, it was kind of hard to find a place where I would fit in there. I felt like I didn't for a long time. And I, I didn't expect that Although I, maybe I should have. We've never visited California. We didn't even visit before I got in. We just trusted the pamphlets like, oh, it looks great. She'll be fine there. Um, but going there, I just had to find maybe a place for myself and also just to believe that I belong there. I think like a lot of questies, you, you know, we do, we work really hard in school, but when I went to USC, now I was surrounded by many hard workers, but also students that, maybe had more privileges in, in high school. They took a, you know, all the accelerated honor classes. They were all, all on these club sport teams. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just an inner city kid who was lucky enough to take these AP classes we happen to have at my high school. I played handball, which is a sport you only know in New York that no one in California obviously doesn't know. And so coming there again, they didn't know what I was used to doing in high school. So again, felt like a little of an outsider when I was there. That sounds tough. I mean, the transition really hits
1: you. Um, and I found, even personally, that community helps a whole lot. And I can imagine even, again, moving away from your community that you knew in New York. I mean, even that must have made the transition a bit harder. What was it like to actually find your, your place um, within Cali in that USC? I think,
2: I think what helped was that I realized I really wasn't the only one. At USC, I would say half the student population was from California, but the other half was from everywhere else, which was incredible. East coasters, Midwesters, but also the international. There was such a big international population at USC, and I thought we're all in the we're all in the same boat. We're all coming here for a wonderful experience at USC, and we're all not home. <laughs> so I think kind of bonding that way was helpful. We would go explore the city a little bit together, go eat familiar foods downtown, and kind of finding that even though we're all coming from somewhere different, we also get to share this experience and build a community that way. And that really helped. Yeah, well, I'm glad you were able
1: to find um, that community on campus. Um, Switching gears a bit. What has your experience been like um, maintaining your mental health and well-being post-college? I mean, after college, there's just more change after that. Oh my gosh. So So I'm
2: curious what that has been for you. I feel like what's actually, what started in college and now continued in my life has been running to really maintain my mental health. Um, I started running in college with Fleshy, my now fiance, one day he wanted to run around campus and I was so scared because I was not a runner. (laughs) But afterwards I felt better, you know, not only mentally, but physically. And throughout college, graduate school, Philadelphia and also in Allentown, running has been a nice on and off constant, I'll say, in my life to just have something for myself, you know, something I can work on myself physically and mentally. When I'm having a rough day, I go for a run. When I, you know, need to work out a problem, I'll work on a run. I'll go for a run. And that has especially helped me here in Allentown. Allentown is not a big city. <laughs> it's not It's not diverse. You know, it's not like New York, LA or Philadelphia or Boston. So it's been Quite a change moving here the last few years. And we're here because my my fiance is doing his surgery residency. So I don't know if you know, but they they work at least 80 hours a week, weekends, very minimal days off. And that's, you know, expected. You want them to be good surgeons, but their partners like myself, you know, what do we do in this new city where we don't know anyone? So again, kind of moving somewhere different, somewhere I'm not used to. And I'm so happy I have the hobby of running that I picked up from my time in Los Angeles because that's helped me explore this city that I don't I didn't really know from the start. Now I found my trails that I like to run. Um, and I have met people on those trails too, which is really funny <laughs> that we're all just all the, out there for running. And not only has that made me feel like I have something for myself, you know, he's here obviously for his training, but now I'm here. Oh, I have a good purpose here. I want to keep up my running that balances out my work, my life, and everything.
1: I can imagine that many QB scholars, alumni, um, might face something similar, actually, to what you just said, especially if you're living with a partner in medical school or specifically in, in surgical residency. What has helped you improve your mental health, particularly during those difficult times? You mentioned running. Um, is there anything else that you do, or is there anything even... Um, even more specific about
2: why you chose running and the impact that it's had on you. Besides running, I would love to bring up that I actually did almost a support group, I'll say Um, partners of medicine, I guess we call ourselves med spouses. There was a virtual, I guess a Facebook group and a support group that kind of came out of it, where there was maybe four of us from, I would say mostly on the East coast, but different parts of the country and just sharing how difficult it is to be with a partner in medicine Again, they're not home often. You are likely the one to take care of the whole household, let alone balancing your um, your job as well. Maybe, again, being far away from family and not being able to go visit because their schedule is so limited. And being able to support each other and realize, oh, I'm not the only one suffering from this or learning strategies from them, such as maybe we outsource some things. You know, Maybe it's exhausting to have to... Um, do laundry and cook at the same time. Maybe we outsource um, doing delivery boxes here and there, or um, hiring a cleaner here and there, just so it's not all in yourself. And learning from each other that there is a light at the end of this tunnel of the training, but again, where you're not alone. So that's been really helpful. And I've been trying to bond with the the other partners of the residents in the program, because again, they fully understand how crazy the schedule is. and we will take our dogs out for doggy play dates, try to get together, just try to make it like a fun, almost family within the residency itself. And just know that, oh, we have lives too, you know? I think that's the biggest thing, finding out that there is something for you here, even though you're living in the city for a different purpose that's maybe not quite for your own. You're mentioning these like
1: really great tools being able to physically move, being able to find support through an actual support group. Um, What advice would you give to others struggling to prioritize their mental health and well-being? Maybe they too have a spouse that's in a demanding program or just has a demanding professional career. Um, It could be a variety of different um, constraints they
2: might be wrestling through, but I would love to hear your point of view. It's, it's funny. This question really resonates because I, as a physical therapist, I work with a lot of um, new moms. I work in the pregnant and postpartum population. And I always tell them, you have to put yourself first to be a good mom. You know, if you are not taking care of yourself and if you're not healthy, you know, how are you going to take care of others? And I feel the same way in your question where if I don't take care of myself, put myself first, how can I be present with my partner, with my friends, with my family, with my job and my patients? And I think the funny thing is that I, I, you know, I schedule myself first now, um, before our first year, I would look at his schedule and be like, okay, he's only off this weekend. All right. We're going to make sure we do everything here. I'll work around it. This is the one free time. Now it's okay. You're free this weekend. Well, I got to do my run first. I'll see you after. And then we'll, we'll go watch the Barbie movie. And then I got to do my long run the next day. You know, it's, and that makes me more present because I really enjoy that. And after I my run, I am ready to go to be be with you, do whatever you want, and I feel I'm more energized. And I feel like having something for yourself is so important. I know everyone always says find a hobby, and I, I do think that's important. You know, you're an individual person outside of your work, your relationship, and that makes you f- fulfilled as a person. I really believe in that.
1: Yeah, that's such a good piece of advice that even in the midst of all of the things that demand our time and our attention, that being able to choose yourself actually helps you to give um, more to others, more to your life, more to the things that you really want to do. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me today and being so willing to share your experience with others. Yeah. Um, One last question. Uh, Is there anything that you wish that I had asked that you'd love to just talk or expound a little bit more on?
2: Ooh, I think, you know, this whole episode is about mental health. I think I would love to share that, you know, it's normal to, I think life is hard. (laughs) I like to say to all of my patients where it's normal to need help, need therapy, need to reach out life is supposed to be hard and not everyone's doing great all the time. So reach out. Don't be afraid to there's, you know, there's, I hope there's no much, no more stigma to it because I think it's so normal to have to reach out for help and people want to help. Your friends want to help. Your family wants to help. I don't want people to feel like a burden when they're going through a hard time. And I really learned that with that support group. It's people are going through the same thing. You don't even realize it. And it's so nice to be, to find that community.
1: Yeah. I think that um, when I was growing up, I would hear actually that life is hard. And I used to think that there must be a way to kind of circumvent that, that if I had more money, like more financial stability would remove the hard aspects of life. And I do agree now that life does have its stresses and you can't really remove them. It's really all about how you respond to them. And so it's it comes from just being aware that you actually do need help, like you mentioned. Um, I said that that was going to be the last question. I actually have one more, which is, how was the Barbie movie? <laughs> How'd you like it?
2: Great! It was everything I hoped for, yeah. <laughs> and not only obviously the the Barbies, the wonderful message, you know, the feminism of it all, and the Kens were great too. It was fun. We. I went with, um, obviously Harry, my fiance, but we also went with, um, one of his co-residents and his fiance too. We've become a fun pair where we, she's the one I will go to doggy date, um, dates with play dates with just so again, we understand what we're both going through and we like to have fun. We'll, we'll bring the boys around when they can. (laughs) And luckily they both were off and we made them wear pink. It was fun. Love it. love it. Uh,
1: Well, yeah, again, thank you so much, Helen. Uh, This is really such a great time, I think, for me to just hear a little bit more about your story. And again, thank you for sharing that with the rest of our QuestBridge community. Um, I'm sure it's going to be of help to others to hear someone like you um, just talk about what they're passionate about and what's helped them um, along the way.
0: The Quest Continues is a production of QuestBridge. A nonprofit organization that connects outstanding students from low income backgrounds with opportunities at top colleges and universities. I would like to thank Jamile Jean Leger for conducting this interview and Helen Yu for sharing her story. If you would like to learn more about Questbridge, please visit us at Questbridge.org. If you are interested in contacting us about this podcast or to reach Helen Yu, please email us at alumni at Questbridge.org. Thanks, and we hope you join us next time for The Quest Continues.